Hey. Henry, awesome job on the guitar. Henry, thank you so much. And I got to say to you, you know, this is a day, if you've got your aviators, you got to get them out. you got to get them on. If you're at home right now, get up, go get them, put them on, sit down. At Kendall Campus, love to you guys, but, you know, break out the aviators. Gables, don't let me be alone in this. You know, let's show up. Here we are. Now, we're going to have some fun today, and I'm so excited to welcome you on um, Movie Series Sunday, which is uh, probably the most popular message series that we have done annually for a while. And what we seek to do, if this is your first time here and you're going, wait a minute, is this church? Um, I need to let you know that uh, what we seek to do is we take contemporary art form in the form of movies and then we identify significant topics of life that we live with, that we deal with, and then we open the Bible and we seek to... uh, Apply, connect ancient scripture to, uh, and the truth of scripture to these art forms to see how can we move forward? How can we engage and then grow in the midst of it? So, and then we use story clips and we use trailers and we use images and backstory to help apply to our lives. Now, over the next several weeks now, we've got quite a lineup. We're going to start next week, uh, the second one in the series, with Mitchell's Meet or versus the machines, the Mitchells versus the machines. This is an extremely popular Netflix film on family life and chaos and the fun of being family, but also on the invasive presence of technology. And every family deals with this. Like, what do we do when these devices keep getting in the way and when the robot apocalypse is upon us and it seems like they're taking over, then how can we respond? And every week we're going to open the scripture and we're going to apply it to these issues. Now, next week's Bible text will probably surprise you, but I think it will also enrich you and enlighten you. Then the week after that, we're coming back for Courageous, the Kendrick Brother film about the challenges of manhood, of brotherhood, of fatherhood, uh, and what does it mean to be a man in today's world, and uh, and how how do we get there from here? And a very special announcement, our guest for that Sunday is going to be Robert Amaya, the audience-favorite actor from the film, who's a part of our Christ Journey family again. Maybe you remember him from being Snake King, you know, in the backseat of the cop car, snake king. Anyway, he's going to be sharing team teaching with me on that day on, um, on lessons on manhood. And, um, and we're going to be using the story of Joshua, the Bible story of Joshua, who said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That'll be that week, guys. So looking forward to that already. And then the week after that, we're coming back for Black Widow. Now, here's an Avenger that needs her own story, you know. The movie needs to be. So we're going to see Black Widow about this Avenger. And in the trailer, here's how she closes. She says, one thing's for sure. I'm done running from my past. You ever had a thought like that? You ever had something back there that seems like it just keeps showing up and you just keep trying to deal with it, dodge it, and now this is the moment, okay? How do we respond to stuff in our past that tends to keep showing up? Very significant issue. And we're going to look at two powerhouse women in the Bible, actually two widows, who uh, show us how that's done. How do you stop running from your past and move forward? And then the final movie in the series is Disney's Jungle Cruise. 
And this is the story. Here's the plot line. It's the story about a tree deep in the Amazon jungle that is said to be able to heal all. And so Dwayne Johnson, the rock, plays the boat captain, and Dr. Lily, Emily Blunt, is uh, there together in search of this fabled tree. And here's one of the things that the captain says, and perhaps you know it's true about this life. He says, know this about the jungle. Everything you see wants to kill you and can. The Bible story we look at that week is going to help us understand how can we move through, survive the jungle of life, but also experience the healing that is available if we will use the key. Now, see, that's the rest of the story. There's a key that unlocks the tree that then lets you into the healing. And I think you're going to be surprised to find out that you already have possession of that key when we make the application of it for the difference it can make in our lives. So I hope that those will be appetizers enough to kind of get your, your, uh, your mouth watering a little bit in anticipation. And then you will join us for each one of the messages in the series. And if you can't join us in person, please try to join us in person. But if you do join us in person, don't come by yourself. Invite somebody else. Text somebody, call somebody, invite somebody. Come together with somebody. If you can't make the connection in person, <coughs> excuse me, then join us online like many are doing today. And then let's chat it up. Let's get the connection going in our online experience as well. Now, what possible movie could we use to be the lead hitter in such a, uh, an intriguing lineup? Well, what other one except this one? Robbie, thanks, buddy. Way to go. Appreciate that. Brought it right into a landing. Didn't you feel it? Um, in spite of all your best effort, you refuse to die. You know, that would be so cool. In fact, the plan has been that we're going to open the series with Maverick, Top Gun 2. And that would be so cool, except that it hasn't been released yet. Because of COVID. I hate COVID. Do you? I hate COVID. It's another reason to hate COVID. Um, but here's the thing. It was originally set for release December of 2020. Then it was moved to two other dates in 2021. Now it's been bumped into 2022. So I'm thinking, whatever happened to the need for speed? You know, this is like, I'm, I'm ready for this one. Um, so what can we do? I'll tell you what I did. I went back to the original and I mined it out for some germane lessons um, on leadership. 
leadership lessons for every age and stage of life, whatever your vocation, whatever your background, wherever you are right now in your journey, in your personal life, your family life, leadership lessons that you could take from this film and from, but we're not just watching movies. You know, that's what we've said. We're opening scripture and we're finding timeless truth from ancient texts that align to these contemporary issues that we encounter in the art form of film. And uh, as I have researched in that, you know, some parallel lessons that seem very appropriate to me come from the life of the most maverick of the judges of Israel, ancient judges, the man named Samson. Judges chapter 13 and 16 is where his story is told. And I'm telling you, just like in the preview we saw, it could be said of Samson, you know, regardless of his multiple attempts, he just refuses to die. This guy is refusing to die. He just keeps powering through. And Samson, as you know the story, he's a gifted leader. He's a, uh, a warrior on behalf of his nation. He's trained to protect God's people against the enemies. But at the same time, he faces some very deep internal battles that rise up again and again, just like we see in Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell that rise up in the film. So I think you'll see, and likewise to both of them, they both make some very extremely foolish choices in the process of this journey they're on. Pete Mitchell, played by Tom Cruise, is a rule-breaking, risk-taking naval aviator who flies the F-14A Tomcat. This was the aircraft he was flying back then. Now in the new film, it's a different aircraft and, and much more uh, advanced and sleek. But when we first meet him, he's, he and his intercept officer, Goose Bradshaw, have successfully repelled an enemy aircraft. But in order to do so, they have, they have defied orders and left their wingman vulnerable to the missile lock of the enemy. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. Later, they're sent to Top Gun Naval Fighter Weapons School at Station Miramar, where Maverick publicly corrects the instructor uh, from the intel that he and Goose attained because of their inverted encounter. Remember that? They're flying upside down right on top of the enemy aircraft. And uh, the, instructor, the instructor turns out to be the same pretty lady that... Mav was coming on to earlier at a bar scene with this song. You've lost that loving feeling. No, I'm not going to sing it. We're not going to sing it. But you remember the song, right? Okay, well, that's the scene. And so what we learn from that is he's gifted, he's strong, he's confident, he's cocky, he's reckless to the point that another pilot colleague and competitor, Iceman, played by Val Kilmer, just cuts right through the nonsense and says, you know, you're not safe. This isn't fun and games. You're dangerous. You imperil the team. And when we first meet Samson back in 11th century B.C. Israel, it's been under Philistine control for 40 years. Oppression. And uh, Samson, born of the promise of God, is extraordinarily gifted. 
And uh, he's a shining star. He's a rising sun. An unnamed angel, here's his story, an unnamed angel tells his mother, who was sterile and childless to that point in her life, that she was going to deliver a son who would begin delivering Israel. So mother and son both in that story are to dedicate their lives to God and then honor him and his command under the Nazarite vow. That's like uh, an elite order of uh, responsibility, much, I suppose, could be paralleled to Top Gun. Nazarite vow. What does that mean? It means no razor would cut the hair, no razor to the head, no fermented drink, and no unclean eating. But in the next chapter, that's Judges chapter 13. If you want to check me on this, and some of you would like to do drop-down Bible study, Judges 13 is where that shows up. But in the next chapter... Judges 14, what we're told is that Samson shows himself to be spoiled, entitled, and already breaking God's rules multiple times. So there's unclean eating. He takes honey from the carcass of a dead lion, which is against his vow. He, uh, there's unwise conversation, unwise speech, and you see repeatedly Samson gets himself into trouble because of things he says that are foolish, that are unwise. And then finally, unlawful union. He takes a pagan wife, one of the Philistine women, one of their enemies. This is against the law of Moses. But it seems like this strong man has an attraction to bad girls. And we see that in the story again. So here's what we see. Samson is a mighty warrior with tremendous potential to make such a difference to serve God's cause against the enemy. But he's also given to impulse, appetite, anger, and foolish, sinful decisions with women. So both Maverick and Samson have a lot in common. I just put a list together real quickly. Here's what the outstanding gifts... Charisma, they're both natural leaders. They are strong, attractive men with a sense of humor. Both are not the best or wisest decision makers whose egos get them into trouble. Pride, anger, impulse of decision making time and again. And there's even a scene in Top Gun where uh, Captain Jordan tells Mav, son, but wait, let's watch it. Has your pride, has your vanity, has your ego ever stepped on the gas before you realize that uh, that may not be where you can go and stay? I'm thinking that the truth is that Maverick Stories is, is every one of ours. Our ego does make checks that we can't always cash with our souls, with our bodies. And this is every one of our stories at some point. So what lesson, what lesson can we learn from stories like these that I just introduced us to? Well, I think there are many, but for time's sake today, I've selected three that, like I said earlier, are big leadership lessons 
that can apply at every age and stage of life. And here's the first one. See if you agree. Know your gifts, develop your potential, and play to your strength. Regardless of where you are in life, whatever your journey is, whether you're a parent to a child or you're a child out on your own now stepping into your adulthood or whether you're at work or whether you're at school, these, this principle still applies and it's right out of the story. Know your gifts, develop your potential, and then play to your strength. This is where both of the stories begin. The Bible story of Samson and the story about Maverick. When Maverick shows up, you know what we enter, he's, where we meet him is he is a standout fighter pilot with a history in naval aviation. And when Samson shows up, we discover he is gifted with strength and a calling from God as a warrior judge. Now, if I were to ask you, what are your gifts? What top three would come to mind? Now, what would you say? What, are, what do you do? What are you good at? What are your strengths? What's your calling? What's your identity? How do you... How do you sharpen those up, apply them, and then watch them help you rise? That's where the story begins. What are your core competencies in life? And if you just want to jot a couple down and then talk with your friends later or share them with your family on the way home today, that's where this would start. Samson knew his strength. Maverick knew his strength. Do you know yours? The scripture says that God has given every believer at least one spiritual gift. Here's what Peter says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So in the church body, God gifts us so that we can be of service to one another and make a meaningful contribution. Every person, do you know your gift and are you serving in it? Now, recently, um, we've just re-upped our staff spiritual gift assessment for all of our ministries. So this last week, we invited all of our staff to take a, a spiritual gift assessment. We would like to make it available to you. If you don't know your spiritual gift or you would like to reaffirm it if you already did it, or you'd like to know, well, what is this all about? Well, take a picture of the screen and, uh, or jot this down or, you know, take your next step with it toward discovering your spiritual gift. And there are 15 gifts listed on the assessment that you'll see that are coming right from the Bible. And you'll see the top gifts that you have, the lowest that are in your mix. And um, so this is a way to step into your edge. You know, our edge training focuses on how do we help people grow and then move farther along with God in their Christ journey. Or if you're in leadership, we take it to another level. Then based on your giftedness, then we say, well, what is your affinity where it could be best applied? And for that, we're using Strength Finder to help leaders. So leader, if you're not aware of those, then please take me up on that today. And um, no cost involved. We cover the costs of that for, from within your church. But knowing your gifts is where it starts. And it's not just for your church. This is for your life. This is for your family. This is for your vocation. God has gifted you so that you can make a difference in helping somebody else, and then that will cause you to rise, just like we see in Maverick. Now, as you identify your gift, then you develop your gift, then you achieve excellence in your gift, and then that's where the rising comes. When Commander Metcalf asks the Top Gun candidates, um, he points to a, a a uh, plaque on the wall. And he says, you know, each year, each school, Top Gun school has a candidate that shines and, and gets their name on the best of plaque. And so he asked the cadets, who among you thinks your name might be there? 
and only one of all of them volunteers his name. Who is it? Maverick. It's Pete Mitchell. It's Tom Cruise. He says, oh, my name's going to go on that. And so you get the feeling like, wow, that's arrogant. That's cocky. But I'm telling you what we also learn about Tom Cruise and his character, Pete Mitchell, is that he didn't show up to be average. He's not just showing up to be an also-ran. He wants to rise and make a mark, make a difference. So I'm thinking, yes, he was cocky, he's arrogant, but he wants to rise. And I want to tell you this. The Scripture says that God did not create you to be average. God God created you to be the best you that you can possibly be. So discover your gifts, develop your gifts, and then rise as you apply your gifts to excel. Aim high and then rise to meet them. Be your best. That's the first lesson of this uh, leadership talk. But Samson, on the other hand, is a negative example on this one. Think about Samson. Instead of playing to his strengths, you know what he does? He's playing with them. He's just dabbling at them. Like toys that he would throw on a whim. You read a story in Judges 14, you'll see what I'm talking about. Or that he would use to pull pranks, kind of like a, a, a vandalism uh, adolescent. It says that at one point he sit some set fire to some tails of some foxes and then sent them through a field so that it would catch fire. Does that sound like a prank? Or that his strength was such that he could actually move gates. He, he lifted some gates and he relocated them. And I think he was thinking, oh, this will be funny. You know, it was like he had all this strength, but, but he doesn't Apply it in the way that it could have been. We're told that God had a plan for his life and a plan for his gifts, but we're never told in the story that Samson ever tried to discover the gifts and fully develop his calling. He used them when he felt like it. And speaking of feelings, that's the second lesson. Be self-aware. Deal with your feelings. Your inner life story, your, your storyline, like who you are and why do you believe that? What, why do you do what you do? What are your triggers, your wants, your needs? What motivates you? What's the storyline of your life that you're living under and what role have you given yourself in the movie of your life? Ask yourself right now, is it victim? Oh man, nobody ever gives me a break. Everything's hard. My boss doesn't get it. You know, I've been under this for so long. You know, that's the victim role. Does any of that sound familiar? Or then there's the aggressor. It's like saying, they can't do that to me. I'll show them if they think they're going to, and then you take on the aggressor role. So what role are you playing in the storyline of your own mind? Or maybe it's the invalid. You know, Jesus came to a person who had been lame for years by the pool And ask them a simple question. Do you want to be made well? (laughs) Because then what they gave him back was an excuse. Because the storyline playing in his head was, I'm crippled. I'm not going anywhere. Or maybe, um, maybe smart mouth. You know, sarcastic. Samson It seems to me that Samson sees himself as a cross between the class clown and the super macho jock. He doesn't see himself as a wise, 
judge leading a nation. He's playing a game and he's having fun with his gifts and his feelings, but that seems to be the storyline. Now, what's Maverick's storyline? Well, this is what I got. He sees himself as the best of the best. That's how he got to Top Gun school. And at Top Gun, he's going to rise to be the best with his name on a plaque. So he sees himself as, man, I am so good, I don't need to follow the rules that the other guys have to. I don't have to follow commands. I don't need advice. I don't need a team. And he lives out of that storyline. By the way, he's also haunted by the death of his dad from his service in Vietnam who was killed in action. Now, Samson, on the other hand, I mean, he also, he doesn't feel the need to listen to his parents. They try to give him advice. He shuts them down. He doesn't need to listen to anybody else. He's always got a joke he wants to crack, but he doesn't want to pay attention to anybody. He just feels what he feels when he feels it. And then he wants what he wants, whether it's I want her, I want her, I want that. Uh, He's familiar with his feelings and his wants. That's what he's living out of. That's his storyline. What he's mostly motivated by is anger, revenge, physical appetite. He's a strong man, but he's trapped inside himself in an undisciplined life. The leadership lesson here asks anybody who would learn from it to answer this question. What's your story? What storyline are you living out of? What role are you giving yourself? What's the story you tell yourself about yourself? That's really what we're asking. What's the story that you tell yourself about yourself? And are you willing to listen to your self-talk long enough to step into those inner backstories and then grow beyond it. Here's what the New Testament, well, here's what uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Solomon's wisdom, he said this, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So whatever storyline you're playing and whatever memories you are reliving, then that's where you are being shaped. But the New Testament also speaks to it. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the New Living Version says this. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Top Gun, Maverick, listen up. Don't be too proud. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Tell the truth. Face it with somebody else. And then don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. You ever been with a know-it-all? Doesn't it get boring pretty quick? They got the answer to every question. They know what you're thinking or what you should be thinking, and they're willing to share their opinion regardless of whether you want it or not. It's like, no, don't do that. Slow down, stop, and do some self-attention here. So at the same time, we can stay curious. We can be attentive. We can keep the conversation open with others who know you, who love you, and who will be honest enough with you to protect you from yourself. Am I the only one who needs that? No. We all do. We need somebody who loves us enough to step in and help us see what maybe we don't see, blind spots. Did you know, by the way, that Samson, and even God can help us with that, but did you know that Samson only prays two times in his whole life story in the Bible? Only two times. One of them is on his deathbed. It's the final scene of his life. He's got a death wish at the end where he's wanting revenge on his enemies. 
And the other one is in Judges chapter 15, verse 18, after a huge battle, a huge battle that makes Aragorn of Return of the King look like an underachiever. I mean, and he was wiping out tons there, but Samson comes on the other side, and he said, the scripture tells us this, he's very thirsty, and he cries out to the Lord. First time he prays in the story. You have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Whoa, that sounds more like a pity party with passive-aggressive manipulation to me. That's not a prayer. Dude, if you'd only been more aware and less self-absorbed, more self-aware and less self-absorbed, what a difference would have been made in your life. And speaking of that, I love this scene in Top Gun. I think it's a trigger scene. I think it identifies something about Maverick that kicks him in to one of those responses. See if you agree. do that. Ow! I love that quote, but watching this movie again and looking at that, suddenly I realized, why did he say that? What was going on? Did you hear the tee up? What was the trigger? Another one of the pilots said, hey, Mav, did you hear about ice? That's the competitor pilot who is rising above. He said he won another one. So Tweak some ego is what I'm thinking. And so instead of saying, oh, I'll step up my game, or oh, way to go, ice, or way to go, team, you know what he says? He says, I think I'm going to go ride really fast the other direction. I'm feeling the need for some speed that I could control. I think, see, Maverick, he just heard that ice was rising, but he wanted to rise high too. And in his mind, what story was he telling himself? Man, I'm going to get there fast and I'm going to get there first. But ice is moving ahead. He's thinking it's all about speed. This is what Maverick is thinking. It's all about speed. Got to get there fast, got to get there first. And so he says, hey, man, I feel the need for speed, but I'm also thinking, and this is from my own personal life too, perhaps yours, that the need for speed type of thinking can tempt you to take shortcuts and to break rules and compromise with risky behavior because of overconfidence that can cost you. Fast and furious can also mean fast and foolish and can cost you people and things that matter. So the self-aware question for a leader to ask is this, who am I listening to? And why am I paying attention? Is it a trustworthy other? Is it a worthy command from somebody that I should pay attention to? Is it a voice from the shadows past that just keeps rising up? Is it, uh, is it a peer or a competitor? <laughs> am I listening to God at all? 
You know, what if Samson had done a little self-assessment and said, maybe I could benefit from some higher wisdom? How have I prayed about this? Or have I just impulsively moved forward? Honest praying has a way of opening your soul to emotional maturity and to a new future, which brings us to lesson number three. Leadership lesson. Learn from your mistakes. Grow from your failures. And trustworthy others can help. Not every voice of another, but trustworthy others can help us in moving to the next level. Everybody makes mistakes. And here's what I tell myself, and here's what I tell our staff. You know, it's okay to make mistakes as long as we keep making new ones. You know, making repeat mistakes gets pretty tiresome pretty quick. Didn't we already learn something from that? Shouldn't we rising to, rising to another level? That's the lesson of leadership that comes to me from this. Sometimes mistakes happen because we do them. Sometimes mistakes happen because of what we leave undone. In the movie uh, Top Gun, Mav and Goose are caught in the jet wash of another aircraft that forces an ejection that then, long story short, results in Goose's death. That's Maverick's best friend, and he dies in the film. And the Board of Inquiry clears Maverick of any responsibility as a pilot, but the guilt that he feels impairs his ability to fly. Now, I know this is just a movie, but what I'm telling you is the question it raises is real life. How do you handle failure and guilt in your life? Now, Samson shows us one way. He powers up with hubris, and his multiple failures repeatedly leave him ultimately stranded, blinded by his enemies. They gouge his eyes out, and then they shackle his arms bound and then make him the object of ridicule. He's just an entertainment piece for them. And so in the final scene of Samson's life, he prays. And it's finally, it's like this sincere prayer. Oh, sovereign Lord, remember me. Oh, God, please strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on my enemies, on the Philistines for my two eyes. He takes the spoiler role. If I'm going down, then they're going down too, and I'm going to burn as many as I can on my way. So one lesson could be this. It's never too late to really pray and turn to God for strength. That would be the most positive I could get out of that story. But I'm also thinking, man, what wasted potential, Samson. You know, the name Samson means rising sun. It means sun child. It means bright shining. And yet, Samson's whole story of all this shining potential has been clouded, clouded by his foolishness and by his ego. And, and, uh, and I'm thinking, so if we were to summarize his story, what's Samson's story? I'm thinking it could go like this. There was a time in my life when I seemed to have it all, gifted, with opportunity wide open before me, but I was full of myself, and I became my own worst enemy. When I was challenged, I rose, but at great cost. My pride and my ego led to my fall. But ultimately, finally, learning the hard way, I humbled myself before God and let him use me powerfully before I die. Now, that's the best I can make of Samson's story. What's your story? That's the question, Samson. Okay, what about Maverick's story? Well, it's not over yet. 
We'll wait till the movie comes out. Then we get to see, right? Just like your story. It's not over yet. But if you back up to the first film, then here's what I, I got from it. At the end, Top Gun ends with Maverick learning humility, regaining lost confidence, being deployed on a new mission, making peace with his guilt over Goose, and then deciding that he wants to become a Top Gun instructor. It could sound like this. There was a time in my life when I seemed to have it all. Gifted with opportunity before me, wide open, but full of myself, I became my own worst enemy. And when challenged, I rose, but at great cost. My ego was taking me down, and I was running from my pain until breakthrough came, and I learned the hard way to humble myself, to be part of a team that could rise together. I'm thinking this two stories of, so, of two men that have so much in common end very differently. Top Gun rises, Samson crashes and burns, but everybody's got a story. The reason I'm raising it is to ask you this. What's yours? Where have you come from? Where are you right now in the storyline? And where is it that you intend to go? How will it end? I've noticed that, um, here's another question. Are you willing to let God be the director of the movie of your life? How about letting him help with the screenplay a little bit? Maybe giving you some dialogue. Hollywood movies seldom, if ever, show people turning to God in sincere faith. They hardly ever show anybody praying. It's almost like God doesn't exist. You know, you're all on your own. But I'm telling you that God is watching, God is listening, and God is ready to respond when we're ready to reach out to him. All through the scripture, you find this same invitation in different places and words. When you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, maybe that's where God would have you do today, is just to meet him and seek him for where you're going forward. Maybe that when you meet him, you're going to discover Jesus who can help you face your failures who can help you cleanse that guilt and be able to rise above. More about how to deal with our past in series that are yet to be, but also in facing the certainty of death that awaits us all. And then how can we rise together in this life and then not stop rising in the next life? That's all what Jesus has to teach us. We're all familiar with lists of leaders. As I was crafting this, I also thought, man, how many leaders could relate to Samson? Leaders in our day who have joined the crash and burn list of another one bites the dust. And some are coming to mind for you from all vocations, politics, government, church, religion, entertainment, military, education, business, news stories are full of them. People who had tremendous potential and who could have risen and made a difference and then for some reason. So I'm thinking that Jesus is our model, not Samson and not Maverick. And that Jesus would want you to know this. It's never too late to turn to God for a new start. And just because you have experienced failure doesn't mean that you are one. And if you will seek him with all of your heart, then God will meet you there and begin that opportunity again. Or maybe for you, this is your opportunity to uh, discover your gifts. You don't know what your top three gifts are. If you don't, then take that step. Take the 
the assessment that we said and then identify them and then talk about them with your family, your loved ones, your friends. Or maybe it's time for you to invite a trustworthy other into your emotional journey and listen as you try to identify who am I, why does that trigger me, and what steps could I take toward getting into my full future with God. There was a time in my life when, and then let's ask God to fill in the blank. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence, for your truth. We invite you to speak through your word as well as the art that opens our eyes wider to what it looks like in our day. And I pray especially now for somebody who is answering your call to get closer, to draw near. If you would seek me with all your heart, I will be found. Let us find you today, Lord Jesus. We pray in your name.